Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 10, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have an interesting day. The market went down a little bit, probably scared some people into thinking the top is in. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll get there when we get there, but just roll with me on the bigger picture for a moment. What is that line at 462.35? That is a bona fide trade that occurred for those traders that were wanting participants and paying attention this afternoon. What that's called in technical terms is nailing the low. We'll get back to that later. Let's get back to the bigger picture stuff. So I was actually looking for a turn around this time. It came in pre where I was looking for it, but we're not surprised the market went down. And by the way, we're really not surprised where it went to. Why is that? Because we talked about this exact price last night, and I think the night before. And if it's not in the video, then I was dreaming about it. Putting it in perspective, the S&P was down less than 1%. Markets go up, markets go down. This is a pullback until it's not. How do we begin to confirm that piece of information? We look down at the bottom portion of the screen at the volume, and we want to see if there was a huge spike in volume well above the average daily volume, which is the black line running across, or was it less than the average daily volume, which tends us to think that it's more of a pullback situation until something changes. Something else we discussed ad nauseum was the home base 20-period moving average situation. They were getting too far from home base. We talked about it every single night. Why? Because they were getting too far from home base. When that situation arises, we have to bring it to the forefront because it's more likely than not, as many people believe, the market will just keep going up forever. That's usually closer to at least a short-term way station where they have to allow home base to catch up to price. Price comes down to home base, a combination of the two things. That's their way of working off the fictitious overbought condition that you can't measure. Now let's talk about the flip side. What about the south side? A, are they finished going down? B, if they're not, where's the next way station in the southern direction? And C, where's the one after that? Let's talk short term, then let's stretch it out a little bit and say, what's the best price? What happens if the market gets to X price? Where am I willing to say, hey, you're going to find a turning point at that price from a daily chart perspective? We'll get to that after the short-term stuff, the short-term stuff. So I look over and I see a breakup candle. It's got a low of 460.83, and it happens to be not too far above the fat round number of 460. So that has to be an eyebrow raiser at least. We're going to put the number at 460, and then we're going to drill down to other charts, and we're going to see how that matches up with other time frames. 240 chart, not that dissimilar to the daily chart. You can see where they fought the 20-period moving average on the 240 chart today, closed right about on top of it. There are no accidents nor coincidences. 
But if you're not aware of or watching a 240-minute chart, you would have no idea that that price was important in part for that reason. We also have the breakup candle low, same 460.86. We're thinking 460 because it's fat, round, and dumb. But there's nothing material around that price on this chart. So what do we do? We move it along. When I go down to a 120-minute chart, I don't see a lot of different stuff. I don't really see a compelling reason why 460 would be anything important on this chart, the 240, nor the daily. You had the breakup candle low that was above it, and that's fine. If that was all they're going to achieve on the downside and then turn around, maybe you get a little bit of a spike lower tomorrow or Friday, and then they turn around. Well, that's something that we're not really interested in from a gotta have this trade kind of perspective. I want the number where I gotta have this trade because under normal garden variety conditions, there's gonna be a contingent of buyers that waltz into the market at that time, at that price. What is that price? Before we get there, we double check the hourly chart and we say, hey, the 100 period moving average is below price, slightly above that 460 number, but they came not really too close to the 100 today, but they came close enough to say they were in the ballpark. They were in the neighborhood of the 100 period moving average. No longer, in my opinion, coming from afar. It's not really that important. It's also an hourly chart. Again, nothing real material on this chart either. I've got to look further. So what am I going to do? I'm going to know about the breakup candle low from the daily chart, the 240 chart, the 120 chart. But now I'm going to look lower. I'm going to say the only way I really get interested, like they're slapping me in the face, I got to have a trade, is if they're below 460. What's below 460 that's compelling? Back to the drawing board. This is a cyclical type of situation. We're going to cycle through the charts until we find the answer. That's the way this works. And by the way, stay tuned. You're going to see some blockbuster trades from Stocks on the Move later. I thought I'd slip that in just to wet your whistle. The daily chart has that elusive home base 20 period moving average, 457 and a half give or take. I like that spot. I have to note that spot. Now that we've adjusted downward to something that has importance, at least from a daily chart perspective, we can work back up later, but now we have a new benchmark. Now we go back to work. 240 chart. What's jumping off the page at me? Well, I have a pivot high here. That's important. That's at 458.49. Why is that important? because the market ran up to that spot and had a quick sell-off. So I at least know it's important, but it's not uber important, it's just important. If it was a huge pullback on a daily chart, for example, or any other chart for that matter, it would be more important. But it's in the ballpark of this 457.50, so I'm not gonna adjust up because of that. But I also have a breakup candle low, 455.56. That becomes of interest. Let's keep keeping on. Then we go over to the 120 minute chart and what's jumping off the page when I zero in on that zone is the fact that the market did spend a lot of time in this spot, kind of threatened to go down, reversed up. So this in a zone formation is a breakout area of sorts. I'm okay with that. I can buy the concept. I'm selling myself, that's a breakout area. What's a better breakout area? About 454, 
1,605. That number should be familiar to most of you. It's right above the 100 period moving average. Now we've got our zone. I'm gonna keep these numbers for myself, but based on what the market's doing, when it's doing it, decisions have to be made in real time. Think about this for a moment. Do they normally touch the moving averages and then trade right away from them? Or do they spike through them, maybe stay down there for a while, and then snap back? Which one happens more often than not? Once you can answer that question, you'll have your answer to the question, should I buy 457.50 or is there a better number? Is one of the other numbers really the spot that is a premium buy area? And this is if it happens sooner than later. If this is next Thursday, we're talking about something different. I'm talking about if they're intent on killing the tape over the next couple of days. I'm giving you the just-in-caser. Well, how do you know it's going to be right? We don't know in advance it's going to be right. What I do know is that's an area where there should be support, not from an intraday perspective, but from a daily chart perspective from a 240 chart perspective, 120 minute chart perspective. These are longer time frames, which means it may take some time to turn the ship depending on how, if, and when they got down there. What if he's bonkers? What if he's never right? Let's take a look inside the numbers. We're gonna check out the commentary. I'm gonna let you read the whole thing. Then we're gonna circle back to stocks on the move and we're gonna see through a combination of both those things what happened today for inside the number members? That tells the tale whether or not I'm right or not. Definitely not every time, not every single day. Let's check out what happened today. I'm gonna to give you the early summary, scroll up, and then I'm gonna give you the brass tacks from a commentary perspective. It's hump day, they pulled back a little bit overnight, they were hanging around the flat line. The first thing of importance is the early pivot appears to be 466.70. Opening the day below or simply getting below opens the door for lower stuff. Right of the vertical, today's activity, five minute SPY chart, 466.70 is the horizontal line running across the screen and you can see what happened earlier in the day. They tried, they tried. Once they're above, it is support. Once they drop back below and start closing candles below, it changes the scope of what's going on. All right. That's fine, that's nice. Let's scroll up, read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. I'm gonna fast forward to something that happened this afternoon when opportunity slapped me in the face. You have to know thy numbers. We'll start there. Again, pause the video, read the notes, go back to double check. You're gonna learn stuff. You learn stuff with the numbers, you learn stuff with the commentary. Here, we're getting into that place. So I had somewhere to be this afternoon, I got tied up, and the market was going down, and I wasn't updating the thing, and I felt kind of bad about it, and so I immediately, as soon as I could, updated the thing. And by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. When I'm away from the screens, Murphy's Law kicks in about 80% of the time, using the 80-20 rule. If I'm away from the screens, you're going to get volatility entering the market. So first... We had a number on the board, 464.73, and you can see there was a bounce opportunity at that number. It was good for about seven or so S&P handles. It's good to know your numbers early on 
like in the pre-market, right around the opening bell, you never know when they're going to get there. But here's the thing, 157, 462.50, give or take, is the next zone mentioned last night and this morning. That's the area I'm interested in to buy as long as it happens sooner than later as opposed to into the close. If you want to go back and double check, the number was mentioned in the 920 post before the opening bell. That's an area I'm interested to buy as long as it happens sooner than later as opposed to into the closing bell. 225, no change. 262.50 down to 262 is the zone. It will be showtime for the bulls below 460. What did I say? 262 again? I keep doing that. 462 below 460.85 on candle closes, and it's wrong. Adjust the share size accordingly. It's late in the day. You know the routine. 237, so far no dice. They came up short, which is garden variety, trick and company behavior. They'll do the number, just a matter of when and how. Still good, but not for long with more of a bounce in front of it. I'll likely buy a spike of 462.50 at this point. It's getting late in the day, so adjust accordingly. 241, I'll buy 462.35 down to a spike of 462 and look for a snapback scalp trade. Here's a word to the wise. If you keep seeing me right, hearing me say, whatever it is, I'll buy, I'm going to step in, I'm buying this number. Guess what? I'm buying that. It's the trade. It's slapping me in the face, especially if I'm willing to participate at 2.40 in the afternoon, especially after a bonanza with stocks on the move this morning. We'll get to that later. So they come into the thing, they do the number, 242, it's time for the Bulls to send the goal line defense out on the field and bounce the tape. There's another support area just in case. Guess what? You didn't need it. Low of 462.04, there it is on a five-minute chart. Your buy down at 462.35, low of day, 462.04. The zone was 462.50 to 462. It's in black and white on videotape. And that was it. That was the show for the day. You're not going to do anything else after that happened. If you just want to add it up, where did they go in this last candle of the day? The high was 464.28. That's almost 20 S&P handles from the entry. What happened with stocks on the move? Pretty healthy list today. We've got AMD, PRGO. NVIDIA didn't hit. Affirm did. Coin did not. Plug did not. Fubo did. And you did. We're going to look at the charts that did, not the ones that didn't. How about AMD to start off the deal? 141 and a quarter. Here's the low in this candle. 141.30. They took off without me. Some traders got in early. Others were left at the altar like I was. That's fine. It happens. The rest of it is history. I don't know if anybody was taking this trade late in the day, but this trade was over when they did that. It goes to show you the numbers work. Sometimes this happens. This goes into the heartbreaker category. The stock closed yesterday at 148.92. How do you pick a number like that, precisely like that, over and over and over again? You have to know your numbers. Perigo, $40.97. There was a secondary number. They came up short of it. It wasn't that far away. It was $40.97 on top of $40.12 down here. The low was 4022. They went back up. 
They did the deal. They provided the minimum required base hit. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. You move on. How about Affirm getting taken out behind the woodshed, closing the prior day at 157.60, something like that. Here it is, 140.67. They spike it a little bit. They snap back. They do the deal. 145.49, that's well more than the minimum required base hit. We'll just call it five bucks for argument's sake. They did the deal at the second number. You say thank you very much and you move it along. You never know which ones are going to provide you the rocket ride and which ones are going to come back and go to another destination. That's why we have to take the minimum required base hit off the table and you can hold for more, but if more gets into less and less gets into break even, you have to get out of the remaining portion of the position to preserve the profits. That's how we run it as a business, but that's also enabling you to participate in the rocket rides. Why am I talking about that? We'll get to that in a moment. FUBU, we could say, was the lone FUBAR, shitburger in lighter terms. Now, nobody's riding this down all day, but there were trades in here depending on how you managed or didn't manage FUBO. They started bouncing around, this is a one-minute chart, in that zone, some traders that don't buy the number, but buy below the number in between the two numbers, they made money, but if you just painted by the numbers, it was a shitburger, it was the lone shitburger today, but that does happen. That's why we have stops, the stop was 27.50, you lick your wound, you throw some dirt on it, and you move on. Because you never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride like Unity Software. So there were two numbers, they were close together, that obviously means I can make a case for both numbers. They came into the first, they went right through it into the second, spiked it by a few pennies, immediately turned around, and went on some kind of rocket ride. Let's put some numbers to it. So let's just say the entry, for argument's sake, forget the two numbers, say the entry was 157. Here's where they were by 10 o'clock in the morning, 189. Some traders are able to hold a piece and you have what's called a risk-free, emotionless trade. You never know which ones are going to do this. We've all seen this before. If you've been watching these videos, you never know, but some of them do do this. Stocks are headed to a destination. Here's an hourly chart. You can't tell the rhyme or reason why they were headed to a destination, but I know they're headed to a destination. Once they get there, one of two things happen. They hang out for a cup of coffee, or they go back in the other direction. Period, full stop. Well, what happens if they blow right through? You always get that question. Then I had the wrong destination. It happens, but it doesn't happen that much. I always say this, so let's reiterate it so everybody has a clear understanding of how this works. The win-loss rate is roughly the 80-20 rule. Maybe it's slightly better, but we'll use the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, or 8 out of 10 trades, these are going to win. That also means 2 out of 10, you have to take a loss if you're going to be a participant. That's the way this business works. What have we got over in Camp IWM today? We have a pretty good size down day, 1.5% leading index, my favorite market leading indicator leading to the downside. Where are they? A, they're coming back down to earth. That's first and foremost. They're on a breakout. This is normal garden variety behavior. Let me just wet your whistle a little further. This is the area, could be slightly below that, but this is the area 
where they're coming back to run a test. So let's see what we have in terms of full stack type of information. We have a breakup candle low. That low happens to be 233.92. 234.53 was the former all-time high. They broke out above it. What are they doing? And we talked about this the other day. Nobody should be surprised. They're coming back to run a test of the former breakout area. Also happens to coincide with a pretty big time breakup candle low. So we know that that zone is important. Do we expect them to stop right on the dime at 234.53? They might, but they also might come underneath for a while. To where? How about the breakup candle low? See how this all gets put together one piece at a time? Once you get the picture of the puzzle, you get a higher comfort level of how this thing actually works day to day, chart to chart, week to week. What else did we have from a full stack type of situation? Well, you have the 20 period moving average sloping up into that zone, into that breakup candle low, into that former high. So that's also an added thing. Why? Because they're coming back to run a test or at least pay a visit to home base. Just because the market is ebbing rather than flowing doesn't mean the long-term uptrend has changed. It hasn't. Short-term trends change first. They morph onto longer-term trends, but one at a time. So if your trend change on a 15-minute chart or a 20-minute chart or a 30-minute chart or an hourly chart changes, that doesn't mean the 240 chart or the daily or the weekly changed yet. But as time goes on, as more charts, more time frames change trend, that's how the market morphs into a change in trend from a longer term perspective. Obviously, you can have a big, hard and fast decline. Obviously, we could do that. That is going to happen at some point in time. We all know that. How do we know that the top is in? Well, you may see a sign or signal of a trend change, but when you see a violent decline off of some price that's a high, you're going to know it when you see it. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Still skewed based on car, I think. We're not going to pay attention to this. We'll go over to the IYT, and we note that it was down 8 tenths of 1%, so it was pretty much on par with the S&P. Nothing of an anomaly. It's my second favorite market-leading indicator. IWM is A number one. However, we know that the transports are my favorite canary in the coal mine. They're not really giving us a canary type of move right now. We'll just reserve that for when something slaps us in the face. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? They're doing the thing where they're coming back to run a test of what? Of home base in that neighborhood. What else do we have? We have an area of former highs. Check this out. You got this deal here, and then all of a sudden, when you look around, you say, wait a minute, I got that, I got the 20 period moving average or home base, I got a breakup candle low here as a safety net with a gap down right below that. This is an area that if they come into while they can spike through the former high, this is a zone where they're going to find garden variety of chart support. By the way, what else do you have? You have a big fat round number of 380. That counts. 375 would be better, but 380 counts for something, especially when it's not the primary thing. Your primary thing is the former breakout area. You're coming back to run a test. You just so happen by coincidence to have a 20 period moving average around that same price. You see where I'm going with this? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, the 80-20 rule goes right into effect 
Most of the time, it's just going to be the duck. Sometimes, about two out of ten times, one out of ten times, it's going to be something different. The duck takes off its mask. It's an ugly duck, and that's what we have to deal with. You don't go into a trade opportunity, into a support area, into a resistance area, with the concept or the feeling like I'm going to be wrong. You go into it with the understanding that I've done the proper work. The work says this is the spot. I'm going to take this trade 100 out of 100 times because I know, using the 80-20 rule, this is the spot that's going to work 8 or 9 out of 10 times. If it's the 1 or 2 that doesn't, I'll accept it. We move on. And by the way, if it's not one of those times, I'll find the next spot. The XLF, down 7 cents. Not sure we can make heads or tails out of that. The only thing that I can say is, they're below the 20 period moving average on the daily chart. Now, they're hovering in the same spot they were yesterday. And I'm wondering, when you look at the weekly chart, are they just running a test of this weekly chart breakup candle low in a pullback slash bull flaggish slash wedgish type of formation above all the moving averages? Boy, kind of looks like that, doesn't it? And it's going to look like that until it doesn't. That low is 29.32, and this is what markets do. What about Smash Mouth? Down 3%. That's a woodshed quality type day. Are they really doing anything different than the other stuff? They're coming back down to earth. That's it. Didn't we say yesterday that a trader could be short against the high from yesterday? Pretty decent risk reward. Pretty sure we said that. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.